0: Hello, and welcome to the Bite Size Bible Study Podcast. I am your host, Phil Shiroki, and today we are going to look at Matthew chapter 6, verses 22 and 23, Um, as we continue our look at the Sermon on the Mount again, um, just a great, great teaching given by our lord and savior jesus christ to basically kind of explain many different areas of life to give god's view and opinion on how we should live he was laying the ground for the new testament church the new covenant that god would have with man and people gentiles he was opening up the um Again, that gate, if you will, to the, um, you know, the green pasture in which the sheep kind of are free to roam and be part of God's flock. Um, and it's pretty cool. It's when I look at this verse and as I was doing some studying about this particular verse, I definitely came across several different, um, I guess, translations and several different teachings that basically kind of... And as I read this myself, if you read Matthew chapter 6... Verses nineteen through twenty-one, like we looked at yesterday, where Jesus talks about laying up treasures in heaven, which is sort of a monetary teaching, if you will. He kind, of, you know, there's obviously a deeper spiritual meaning. But then you look at um, Matthew chapter six, verse twenty-four, where it's the teaching of you cannot serve God and mammon or God and riches. Uh, where Jesus talks about again, basically choosing between, um, you know, serving the Lord. Or are you going to try to pursue your own um, ways and run after the riches of this world, if you will? Um, But it's sandwiched in between those two verses is what we're going to look at today, which at first appearance can seem like it's sort of um, interrupting the flow, if you will, of the teaching of... Um Why exactly, uh, again, Jesus is using some, uh, he's basically telling us to focus on God and not on the world and not, um, you know, the riches of this world, if you will. And again, this particular part, uh, this particular passage, Matthew chapter 6, verses 22 and 23, in my Bible, uh, Spirit-filled Life New King James Version Bible that I use, has the subtitle of The Lamp of the Body. So we'll see as we read this how it seems to kind of, um, again, not exactly go hand in hand with what Jesus is talking about. But um, if you really look at it, and we're going to look at a great commentary today by a gentleman uh, who really does a great job of kind of tying this together and you know, kind of filling in some detail and really giving a great explanation as to why Jesus, you know, again, um, chooses to um, inject this particular teaching right at this particular time. So without any further ado, let's continue our look at the Sermon on the Mount where Jesus teaches us about the eye being the lamp of the body in Matthew chapter 6 verses 22 and 23. Okay, and like I said, we are going to again look at Matthew chapter 6 verses 22 and 23. We will read it. We'll take a look at some of the notes here for again, um, Basically, uh, out of my spirit, full life, New King James Version Bible, and then we will go from there. So, Matthew chapter 6, verse 22 The lamp of the body is the eye. If therefore your eye is good, your whole body will be full of light. But if your eye is bad, your whole body will be full of darkness. If therefore the light that is in you is darkness, how great is that darkness? And then jumping down and looking at the note here, it says, The person with the good, healthy eye is one whose intent is to serve God and not mammon, the money God, used here to indicate the whole system of materialism. The person with the bad eye is selfish, covetous, and miserly. The one's life is full of light meaning, and purpose. The other's life is plunged into darkness, deprivity, and deprived of meaning. So again, um, you know, this particular couple of verses here are kind of sandwiched in between two verses and teachings that seem more correlated with money but if you really look at the deeper spiritual meaning, you can see that essentially what you um, take in and this is talk speaking more spiritually than, um, you know, it will be a your life and your goals will be a byproduct of what you value in that I or that spiritual mind. So it's sort of, you know, people have the saying of the third eye. When people say that, what they're referring to is your consciousness, if you will. Basically, what we take in and see, you know, the eye is more of an all-encompassing, you know, as we're going to see. And it's obvious. I mean, our eye our physical visual eye is our first sense. One of our greatest senses when it comes to taking in information. So, um, again, when you think about just you know the fall of man, for example, our fall in the garden was you know, <laughs> you know it was a visual. Um, we saw something that appealed to the eye, appealed to the flesh. And unfortunately, Adam, Eve made the wrong choice to, you know, go with what appealed to the eye. And, you know, we can see the impact that that had on humanity and has up to this very day. But again, this idea and concept of the eye that Jesus is talking about here and referring to is the eye of the body, you know, the, um, exact, you know, exactly what it says, the, um, the, uh, flow of information that we take in and what we do with that information produces in us either light or darkness. And the reason, I mean, the light would be again, if you're focused on the Lord, and his purposes and his will, then naturally you will take in and filter everything through a biblical worldview, if you will. But if you have a dark heart and a dark eye, then you will have a worldview that is a you know materialistic or a worldly world view, if you will. Again, that worldly referring to the world system that's around us, the fallen world that, you know, just tells you to um, basically uh, do whatever feels good, um, you know, basically teaches that there's no afterlife. So just have all the fun you can now while you're here on this earth, you know, basically a life that is um, uh, not. Not engaged by any parameters necessarily, and is just set to again just have carnal knowledge, carnal pleasure with no consequence because that darkness does not recognize any eternal consequence. To action, which is why this world is so set on rejecting Christ, rejecting the reality of God, rejecting the reality of a creator. They would rather embrace evolution, you know, the Big Bang, false scientific theory, you know, things that are completely as we really get to know more and even as science digs more and more, they, they it all points back to a creator. It all supports biblical encounters of pretty much all that's outlined in the Bible, but you know, you won't see that on CNN or your favorite news network because you know the last thing they want to do is acknowledge that again there is an, a creator there is a living god who is going to uh, we're all going to be accountable to one day for what we do here on this earth in this life and um you know that's a sad reality of the world but again that's where that when Jesus says how great is the darkness That is what he's talking about. That darkness is that dark world system of materialism and of just evil, straight up evil. And, you know, whether people acknowledge it or recognize it and accept it or not, that's exactly what is um, basically um, manifesting in their hearts and is bred in the heart of one who does not use that eye wisely or open that eye to see the real truth. Because again, I mean, the revelation of God and Jesus Christ is a deep spiritual revelation that can truly only be attained by having God himself reveal that to you. But at the same time, um, we choose to focus on what we choose to focus on in life. So as one who has personally chosen the wrong things to focus on at times, I can testify to the disparity I've found myself in, the pits, the depression, the loneliness, the addiction, the trying to just numb yourself at times because you know how frankly bad reality is because you're away from God. You have no hope, and it's a very lonely place. You can have tons of people around you in the same situation, but you're all just together and alone at the same time. It's a terrible position to be in in life. One reason why I do this podcast is to just share the love of God, share his living word, share his real reality so that people realize that there is so much more to life than what we physically see around us. Again, the eye, the third eye, the the consciousness in which we all have, it can be either light or dark. And it's very important that we consciously focus on the light and then we will be full of light. But if you choose to reject the light and... The only other byproduct is darkness, and you will be full of one or the other. Jesus is not a liar nor an author of confusion. So like he says right here, we will be either full of light, or if your eye is bad, your whole body will be full of darkness, if therefore... The light that is in you is darkness. How great that darkness! So, and again, we're going to look at a great teaching on this in a little while about just the um, whole idea of what Jesus is referring to here. And you know, back in those times, there as I was doing research, I came across some really good explanations on this. And one of the things it said also was back in those times, culturally, it was viewed. You know, your eyes were um, you know, if you had good sight, good vision, you know, um, the ability to see physically good, um, you know, you, again, you were in good health per se, that was a sign that your life was in good order and that you were living a good life. But if you were not able to see, if you were blind or handicapped, that would be interpreted as your life being not so well or in order. And, It's an interesting, um, you know, perception, um, but I can say that on the spiritual level, that is definitely a good um, uh, picture to try to really understand, again, these two short verses in which Jesus is saying a lot. So we're going to actually flip up to Luke chapter 11. We're going to look at verses 33 through 36, where Jesus, again, is talking about The lamp of the body and the light of the body and the eye and what is taken in. So, again, picking up at Luke chapter 11, verse 33. Jesus speaking says, No one, when he has lit a lamp, puts it in a secret place or under a basket, but on a lampstand, that those who come in may see the light. The lamp of the body is the eye. Therefore, when your eye is good, your whole body also is full of light. But when your eye is bad, your whole body also is full of darkness. Therefore, take heed that the light which is in you is not darkness. If then, your whole body is full of light, having no part dark, the whole body will be full of light, as when The bright shining of a lamp gives you light. So let's look here again in 35 where Jesus says, Therefore, take heed that the light which is in you is not darkness. That word darkness there is the word skodos, which means it's from the root ska, to cover. The word is used literally for physical darkness and metaphorically, for spiritual, moral, and intellectual darkness. The darkness arises from error, ignorance, disobedience, willful blindness, and rebellion. Darkness is an evil system absolutely opposed to the light. So again, I mean, we all have a choice as to what we choose to focus our eyes on our spiritual eyes. And also, this is very practical when it comes to the physical reality that we live in as well. For example, we all have our choices that we make throughout the day as to what we are going to physically look at and focus on. So when we are, you know, have some downtime and we are watching a, maybe we're watching TV Maybe we're scrolling on our phones through our different social media feeds or our, um, web, you know, surfing the web, quote unquote, or whatever. You know, when it comes down to it, you know, one thing I know I encounter and I know I'm not alone in this is you can come across a lot of garbage and trash online. And it's amazing. Again, sometimes. When I'm on some very uh, what I would consider to be wholesome websites, I am innocently just looking at, you know, information or I'm looking at a news article, for example. You know, as I'm scrolling through it, sometimes all of a sudden there will be an advertisement pop up with the half naked woman on there looking really good. And all of a sudden I'm sitting there going from reading a news article to this lustful image right in my face. And, you know, it's, that's a pivotal moment right there. And, you know, I choose, thankfully, you know, I've just been disappointed with lust so many times in my life that I can pretty much just shut it off at this point. But, I mean, it's in our face all the time. And again, going back to a little while ago where, you know, Jesus talks about when sin enters the heart and when we, you know, it's a real, we have a choice as to how we handle those temptations when they come in front of us. And if you reject it, Pray against it and just ask the Lord to help you and get you through those times and moments. He will do that. But the minute you entertain those lustful things or whatever that temptation may be, that once it enters your heart is when sin starts to fester and manifest in your life. That's why it is so vital and so important to shoot those things down And nip them in the bud, if you will, right away before they even have time to enter your heart, which again, we're talking your consciousness, which is why Jesus, when he talks about your eye, he's talking about not only physically, but what what you do with those things that, you know, because again, we only see the physical realm but the spiritual realm in which jesus could see and could knows how it operates to a point of just a mind blowing mind bending you know uh, realization that he had i mean i'm really thinking about it jesus being 100% man and 100% god at the same time I just wonder how did he do that? Like that is that is incredible. That is you know him having uh, him being the a third of the trinity, the triune godhead, being a part of creation itself, and then also being in the creation and in the flesh, humanity. I mean, he he had such a an understanding. It's just it's again I'm watching the series The Chosen. It's just. When you really think about the reality of what that Jesus Christ, what he did coming and being born into humanity and then ultimately becoming, you know, that that sacrificial lamb. But, you know, um, and again, just that being the that being the plan of the father from the beginning. I mean, what a. What an amazing, amazing um reality that is, but again, this all goes what i'm you know just touching on is the fact of the spiritual realm. we only see the physical, but there is so much going on around us at all times in that spiritual realm, you know there's <laughs> there's a war going on, and that's why it's so important to guard your heart or your eye, so that you can have, you know, a light emit from you and your life, as opposed to becoming dark and having darkness consume you and quench that light. It's vital, absolutely vital. And just like Jesus says here, if your whole, if then your whole body is full of light, having no part dark, the whole body will be full of light as when you, as when the bright shining of a lamp gives you light. So picture, you know, a dark setting, you know, (laughs) you know, like when you're out in, you know, in a rural area, for example, where there's really no artificial light and it's midnight pitch black, if you will. Well, another amazing thing, well, pretty cool thing anyway, is the the way when you're out in those places, the moon is very bright and the light is very bright. So, um, But the point is here, again, what I want to say is um, basically a a lamp that shines a light in darkness is what we are called to be. Again, we are the salt and the light of the world. So, um, you know, you need to keep that bright, that light bright by Again, not entertaining anything of this world, not getting caught up in materialism, not getting caught up in the foolish things that are wasteful, you know wasteful times of life, you know um we wanna pursue godly things because that's why we are here, and again, you wanna lay up treasures in heaven, not any pursue any garbage here on the earth that can you know be stolen that can rot, that can, um, you know, be um, basically just corroded by just rust or whatever you want to call it or say, again, it's important that you realize that everything in this world is just, it's temporary and it's really not worth pursuing to begin with. God has a great will for all of us, so pursue that will, and I guarantee you will not be disappointed at the end of your life, whenever that comes, and you look back and say, wow, that was quite an amazing ride and an an amazing journey, and I thank God that he brought me to these places and brought me through these things how much more fulfilling is that than to be some bitter old, you know, person who's sitting there just, you know, really not learned anything in life and still just, you know, walking around miserable, you know, I mean, there's plenty of people walking around like that. And there's also plenty of people walking around, enjoying the the path that God has set before them. So, Let's look at the note here again in my Spirit-filled life, New King James Version Bible for Luke chapter 11, verses 33 to 36, where it says the unbelief of the Jews was not due to lack of signs or evidence, but to their own blindness. Light does little good for one with diseased eyes. Jesus is God's light, but their spiritual blindness kept them from seeing him. So, again, we're talking spiritual things Seeing um, spiritual realities and truths and, you know, the Jews, for example, when Jesus was here, he was he the Messiah. They were all looking for for centuries that had been prophesied and promised to them, but for example, because Jesus didn't come in a military fashion and overthrow the Roman Empire like many Jews expected him to and set up his messianic rule right then and there on the earth. They were spiritually blinded to seeing all of the things he did, all of the prophecies he fulfilled right there in front of them. Only a select number and a select few saw through the spiritual veil if you will that had been um over the hearts again we're talking a an eye a spiritual eye this is very deep and it's very important to grasp the reality of what Christ is saying here again In Matthew 20, chapter 6, verses 22 and 23, when he says, The lamp of the body is the eye. If, therefore, your eye is good, your whole body will be full of light. But if your eye is bad, that meaning your heart, if it's corrupt, if it's evil, wicked, chasing after the world, your whole body will be full of darkness. If, therefore, the light that is in you is darkness, how great is that darkness? So again, it's gonna, we're going to look at some, a, a, a great commentary on that, this entire verse, very shortly. But um, it's just important to really grasp and see the spiritual depth in which Jesus was, that, that teaching, what it touches on there. And um, we're going to continue here to look at the notes again for, we'll look at the note for, um, again, verse 34 of Luke chapter 11. Again, it says, the lamp of the body is the eye. Therefore, when your eye is good, your whole body also is full of light. But when your eye is bad, your body also is full of darkness. Eye, the eye is regarded as the lens of the soul and reflects the total orientation of one's life. The image of the good eye is coupled with that of a useful lamp. Both images speak of the positive effect of true enlightenment. So, you know, um, again, there's just a lot of depth in those simple verses there. Again, therefore, take heed that the light which is in you is not darkness. Um, Jesus really spoke against that and really warned against, uh, basically, uh, again, what we're focused on. That's why, you know, in the previous verse where Jesus commands us to lay up our treasures in heaven and not, you know, focus on the things of this world. Um, you know, he's saying there basically and very plainly that what what this world offers is not going to satisfy you in an eternal sense. And what we're chasing after, what we think a car, a career, a certain spouse, what we're think what we think what we're trying to fill with those things is actually something only God can fill. And that is the important lesson here as well. When I really read these sections of the Sermon on the Mount. And I guess when I really, you know, see now that when I think about it and as I speak about it and really just really opened my eyes and heart, if you will, to what God was saying there. And Jesus, the amazing teaching that he was sharing with us is the fact that, again, we are, we are, he wants us to focus on the Lord and on the things of eternity, because he knows that when it comes down to eternal satisfaction and eternal, um, I guess, uh, Treasures, if you will, they are only satisfied in seeking the Lord first, and all things follow. So let's look here. Um, this is an article, like I said, um, about the, it's called um, What is the Bad Eye in Matthew 6 23. It's an article by a gentleman named John Piper uh, from a website called desiringgod.org. I'm gonna read directly off of basically his commentary here. And it just gives some really great insights. So um, let's see here. Um, The fighter verse for August 14, 2005 was difficult to understand. It seems to dangle in the Sermon on the Mount with little connection to what goes before and after. The eye is a lamp of the body. So if your eye is healthy, your whole body will be full of light. But if your eye is bad, your whole body will be full of darkness. If then the light in you is darkness, how great is the darkness? Again, that's Matthew chapter six, verses 22 to 23. And then he continues and says before it, the familiar saying about not laying up treasures on earth. Do not lay up for yourselves treasures on earth where moth and rust destroy and where thieves break in and steal. But lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven whether, ne, excuse me, where neither moth nor rust destroys and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. And then after it, and that is after um, Matthew chapter 6, verses 22 and 23, Jesus says and goes on. After it, the equally familiar saying about not serving God and money, where Jesus says, No one can serve two masters, for either he will hate the one and love the other, or he will be devoted to one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and money. So then, uh, Mr. Piper here continues and offers his great commentary on what we're looking at today. He says, Therefore, the sayings before and after Matthew 6, 22 and 23 deal with treasure or money. In fact, the first would flow really well into the second if we simply left out the intervening verses 22 to 23. The gist would be Treasure God in heaven not money on earth, because you can't serve two masters, God and money. So why does Jesus link these two sayings about money and God with the saying about the good eye and the bad eye? The key is found in Matthew chapter 20, verse 15. Jesus had just told the parable of the workers in the vineyard. Some of them had agreed to work from 6 a.m. to 6 p.m for a denarius some of the master hired at 9 <clears throat> excuse me some of the master hired at 9 a.m. others at noon finally some he hired at 5 p.m. when the day was done at 6 p.m. he paid all the workers the same thing a denarius in other words he was lavishly generous to those who worked only 1 hour and he paid the agreed amount to those who worked 12 hours. Those who worked all day grumbled at the master of the house. They were angry that those who worked so little were paid so much. Then the master used a phrase about the bad eye, which is just like the one back in Matthew chapter 6, verse 23. He says in Matthew chapter 20, verse 15, Am I not allowed to do what I choose with what belongs to me? Or do you begrudge my generosity? Unfortunately, the last clause is a total paraphrase, not a translation. Or do you begrudge my generosity is a very loose paraphrase of, or is your eye bad because I am good? The bad eye he parallels, the bad eye in, Matthew chapter 6, verse 23. What does the bad eye refer to in Matthew chapter 20, verse 15? It refers to an eye that cannot see the beauty of grace, it cannot see the brightness of generosity, it cannot see unexpected blessing to others as a precious treasure. It is an eye that is blind to what is truly beautiful and bright and precious, and godlike. It is a worldly eye. It sees money and material reward as more to be desired than a beautiful display of free, gracious, godlike generosity. That is exactly what the bad eye means in chapter 6 of the Sermon on the Mount. And that meaning gives verses 22 to 23 a perfect fitness between a saying on true treasure and the necessity of choosing between the mastery of God and the mastery of money. So the flow of thought would go like this. Don't lay up treasures on earth, but lay up treasures in heaven. Show that your heart is fixed on the value that God is for you in Christ. Make sure that your eye is good, not bad. That is, make sure that you see heavenly treasure is infinitely more precious than earthly material treasure. When your eye sees things this way, you are full of light. And if you don't see things this way, even the light you think you see, the glitz and flash and skin and muscle of this world, is all darkness. You are sleepwalking through life. You are serving money as a slave without even knowing it because, it because it has lulled you to sleep. Far better is it to be swayed by the truth, the infinite value of God. So if you are emotionally drawn more by material things than by Christ, pray that God would give you a good eye and awaken you from the blindness of the bad eye. So that's the commentary there. Again, very awesome commentary that ties that whole thing in. And if you think about it, it gives a very good meaning to that parable of, you know, the the um, the uh, master who hires the different people, different servants to do essentially the same job But each one works a different increment of time, if you will. And then the the workers who worked the greatest amount of time are angry at the master because he basically blesses them all with the same gift. And what you can see clearly there is the evil and the darkness in their heart I mean, it's such a deep spiritual parable when you really look at it, as all of Jesus' teachings were. But it's just really incredible when you kind of look back. And again, this entire living word of God, it all ties in together. And there are very, very deep meanings of everything Jesus taught. I'm just scratching and skimming the surface This is my first time going through the Word of God in this Bible study in this series as I'm really tying things together and cross-referencing. I mean, it's really incredible how deep and how penetrating to the soul the spiritual truths were that Jesus taught. I mean, I feel bad for people that just read the Bible from a scholarly sense or from a non-spiritual sense and try to make sense of it because, you know, um, of course there's, it's easy to see how people can be so critical of the word of God if they don't have the spiritual eyes and perception and the good eye to see exactly what Christ and what God was saying and teaching throughout his word. So, um, You know, again, it's a very um, deep truth that Jesus shares with us in Matthew chapter 6, verses 22 and 23, where he says, The lamp of the body is the good eye. If therefore your eye is good, your whole body will be full of light. But if your eye is bad, your whole body will be full of darkness. If therefore the light that is in you is darkness, how great! That darkness. So, again, it's just you know, it it all comes down to what are we focused on? What is your heart set on? If we're if our heart is set on the light, on the goodness of God, then our entire character is transformed to always see, again, a in a biblical worldview perspective to see the things from a heavenly perspective, if you will. But if your eye is focused on the world, on material things, then you will have all of those things and traits. As you can see, I mean, those workers and servants, they had evil in their hearts, darkness in their hearts, because they were focused on The material, you know, the the money, the denarius, for example, they were focused on the wrong thing. (laughs) They weren't focused on the kindness and appreciative of the fact that they even had a job and had an opportunity to make a denarius. (laughs) They were focused on the wrong thing. They were focused on the dark, evil, envious they were. They had anger in their heart. They had contention toward the master. And it's a total picture of how people view God. They have a total misconception and misunderstanding of his economy and how he works. But when it comes down to it, God bestows grace on all of us. So we as believers... Who are we to question God and who he forgives, who he chooses to pardon their sin from? We should be thankful and grateful that we are accepted by God, called by name out of this world and are part of his family. So, you know, again, this is all this all ties in together to the qualities of, you know, when it comes down to it. Like Paul says, the greatest gift of all is love, and from that love, that births and allows us to do everything else in life for God, and then eventually we are doing things for others because that good character that God works out and produces in us produces the good works that we then Are you know that are then seen by others, but those good works are in no means any type of you know attempt to do or gain any type of favor with God, but they're simply our byproduct of what God has done in us. It's our gratitude, it's our um, you know, we are grateful for again the salvation that we have. And that light that is in us when we choose to focus on the right things, that is when that light can shine out in our lives and be shown on others. And we are truly the light of the world. So that's going to conclude our look at Matthew chapter six, verses 22 and 23, where Jesus discusses our eye as the lamp of the body as we continue our look at the awesome Sermon on the Mount. So God bless and have a great day.